You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldweg, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel, 5781, 2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha's In our Parsha, we have the Torah's command that if a person comes across a nest with a bird, with a mother bird, and baby birds, or eggs that the person would like to take the baby birds, so there's an obligation you come across this nest. There's an obligation to send away the mother bird before we take the baby birds or the eggs. I'd like to share with you what the measure says about this, and I'd like to share with you some thoughts that came up as I was studying this piece with my son Moshe Dov, and as I thought about it further, some very interesting concepts that relate to the idea that the measure speaks about, relate to the concept of Mashiach, of our longing for Mashiach, for the Messiah to arrive. And classically, in the deeper sources, the Kan Sipur, this nest, sending away the mother bird, is connected to the concept of Mashiach, of the Messiah. Perhaps we can gain a little bit of an understanding, a little bit of a depth into what that connection may be, based on some of the words that the Medrash uses and that the verses use in reference to this concept. Ki say the verse tells us, Ki kan it's a verse in chapter 22, verse 6, if you come across a bird's nest, so there's an obligation to send away the mother bird. Now the measure starts off with something which seems to be unconnected, but hopefully as we'll see, of course, every single time we have a medrash, it always needs to be understood why the medrash uses one concept, places it next to another concept. The measure starts off talking about a teenike, a child, Let's say one has a child who's born, so there's an obligation to circumcise the child. Let's say the child is born without a foreskin, which does occur. What do you do? Are you allowed to circumcise the child on Shabbos? Ordinarily, you're not allowed on Shabbos, on the Sabbath, to cause any kind of a petza, of a blemish on the human body. You can't cause blood to come out. You can't cut one's, one, one cannot cut oneself. So it should be forbidden to perform a circumcision on Shabbos. However, we find that one is obligated and permitted to do a circumcision on the eighth day on Shabbos. However, the question is, if a child is born with, without a foreskin, so the obligation for circumcision is done differently. There's something called a toughest dambris, which is a small prick is made, a little drop of blood is let out. The question is, is that permitted to be done on Shabbos or not? We find that indeed there's an obligation to, to ha- allow that small drop of blood to come out even on Shabbos, according to the Medrash. I don't know if we actually pass in this way. The verse says, You shall surely circumcise your children. Verse in Genesis chapter 17, 13, double language, Himol, Himol, teaches us that there's an obligation even on Shabbos. The just goes through a few different concepts that we learn out in regards to Mila. I don't want to get into the details of it so much, but what I do want to read to you is what it says in the continuation. Or if Yudin ben Pazi, Rav Yudin ben Pazi says, Maksiv b'tzipora. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses was returning. He had married Tzipora, the daughter of Yisro. He was returning with his two sons to Egypt in order to be the Goyal, to be the Jewish people's redeemer. 
and they were stopped on the path. And as the our sages tell us, Moshe Rabbeinu had not given a bris mila to his son. He had not given a circumcision to his son. And he was threatened by a spiritual being who was about to kill him, prevent the entire Geula of Am Yisrael. What did Sipporah do? His wife, Sipporah, saw that the problem was, she intuitively knew, based on the circumstances that the, as the Chachamim teach us, which I'm not going to get into, she knew, and that the problem was that she hadn't done, that they hadn't done a bris. So she jumped in and she did a bris. The verses tell us, and the verse finishes off and says, Amra, Az Amra Chasan Damim. Okay, talks about the fact that Sipori does the Mila. It's very interesting. Two points you see here. Number one is that it's Sipora who does it. Sipora is the wife of Moshe. Sipora, interestingly, her name means a bird. And we're talking about the topic here is the bird that you're sending away the mother bird. So it's very interesting. It seems to be a connection. And number two, they're about to, to, to go down to be the Goyal. Moshe Rabbeinu is about to become the redeemer of the Jewish people. He was the Messiah of his generation. And on the way, you got to make sure, if you want to get to Geula, it sounds like from the Medrash, if you want to get to Geula, you have to make sure you do the bris. There's something intimately connected between the concept of circumcision on the eighth day and the concept of the bris. And there's also something about Sipora doing it. Perhaps we'll understand that soon. Now the Medrash comes and connects the concept of Mila, the, the concept of circumcision, to the concept of the Kansipur, of the bird, sending away the mother bird. How do we connect it as follows? Mezish says that the, the reason that the child is circumcised on the eighth day, what is the eighth day? Why don't we circumcise him earlier? Why don't we circumcise him as soon as he's born? The answer is because Hashem had compassion upon a child, let him get a little bit of strength, he was just born, recuperate a little from the birth. On the eighth day, Hashem has rachem, he has compassion on his children. Just like obviously Hashem has compassion upon people, we also find that God has compassion upon the animals. We find that one does not bring a korban, a sacrifice, before the, the animal has reached the eighth day of its life. There's a certain aspect of racham in there. We don't right away take away that animal to be sacrificed. And here's where we get back to, I'm sorry, one more thing. We're going to get back shortly to the, the birds. We also find the concept of Hashem's rachamim, His compassion, that He says, that you're not to take uh, an, one animal and the animal's child at the same time. Don't don't shech them. Don't uh, sacrifice. Not sacrifice. Sorry. Don't shech them. Don't slaughter them on the same day. You see this idea of Hashem's rachamim, His compassion. And just like Hashem has compassion upon the animals, Hashem also has compassion upon the birds. One of the deeper understandings of why Hashem asks us to send away the mother bird is because Hashem has compassion on the animals, He has compassion on the birds. Okay, so There's a concept here of compassion. Hashem has compassion on the animals. It's interesting. There's also Gemara and Brachas, the Mephoshim talk about, that a person is not supposed to say that the concept behind this has to do with compassion. 
if a person says that, we quiet him down. Okay, whatever the understanding of that is, the Gemara there, we're not going to get into. But what's interesting to me is the connection. What is the connection between the concept of Mila, the concept of the circumcision, and the concept of the Tzipur, the bird, that we send away the mother bird? Okay, we see in the Medrash clearly that there's this connection. What is the connection? How does it connect perhaps also to the concept of Geula, as we saw by Moshe Rabbeinu and Tzipora, the bird. So I was, I'm sorry, the bird. Tzipora was Moshe's wife. Her name means a bird. I was discussing this with my son Moshe Dove, and I noticed that what is the root? What is the root, the two-letter root of the word bird? The word bird in Hebrew is Tzipor or Tzipora. So sometimes there are three-letter roots, sometimes there are two-letter roots. You see that Litzaftsef means to tweet. A bird tweets. Tzaf tzaf. Tzif tuf is a, is a beep or a tweet. So tzaf, what is the word tzaf, which is the root of the word tzipor? Because a tzipor is really a tzafar. Whenever you have a resh at the end of a word, it means it's something who does this. A tzipor is, is an animal that is tzaf. What does the word saf mean? The word saf means to float. We're going to see a few different things about the word saf, and we're going to come back to talking about how it, how it connects to us, how it connects to Mashiach, how it connects to the concept of the bris, the circumcision, and how it connects to the concept of sending away the mother bird, hopefully. So the word saf, the word saf means to float. The word saf means to float, right? You take something, you put it under the water, you take a piece of wood, you put it on the water, it floats to the top. That's the word saf. You have shaman, you have oil. You put it inside of water, the shaman is tzaf, it floats to the top. comes to the top. The word tzaf means to float, and at Sipor, what, if you think about it, and the Mephoshim speak about, why is it that we have this commandment of rachamim, of, of special compassion that we need to show to a bird? Why is it there that we learn to, to be compassionate? And one of the explanations is because at Sipor is a spiritual animal. It's an animal that flies. It flies through the air. And I was thinking, a tzipor is an animal that floats. Right? That's why it's called a tzipor, a tzafor, a, a floater. A bird, you watch a bird, they float in the air. You can even have a bird that is just standing in one spot, staying in one spot in the air, because the wind is coming in, and it just has its, its wings outstretched, and it stays in one spot. It's tzaf, it floats in the air. It's a, it represents floating in a spiritual sense. That's what a bird is. Okay? Now, hold on to that thought. I'd like to share with you somewhere else where we feel, see the word litzaftsef in the concept, in the, in the context of the concept of Mashiach, of the Messiah. Here's the Medrash. It's in Shir Hashim Rabbah, Parsha Vav Tezayin. It says like this, Amar Eloi Rabbi Chia, Rabbah The one time, I'm sorry, let me... Let me let me back up. Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Shimon Bar Chalavta, Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shimon Bar Chalavta havun mahalchem ahad avikas arbel bekritzta. One time they were walking in a particular uh, valley. Verawa yelas hashachar shabaka ora. They saw the sun rising. They saw the day beginning to come up. They, I'm sorry, not the sun rising. First they saw the light, the beginning of the day, the the light coming up. Amar Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Rabbi Shimon Bar Chalavta. Rebichia said, this is how the Geula, the, the redemption of the Jewish people is going to be. 
You see the light coming up as the sun is rising? You don't yet see the sun, but you're watching the light coming up. That's how Mashiach, the Messiah, is going to arrive. It's going to be a gradual mitzvah tzefes. Now the word mitzvah tzefes is very interesting here, because it's not so clear what mitzvah tzefes means. We think mitzvah tzefes ordinarily means to, to, to tweet, as we said before. And, and even the Mephoshim have a hard time with the word mitzvah tzefes exactly. They try to change the girsa, But we're going to see that it's correct, mitzvah tzefes. Because the word mitzvah tzefes means to float. It means to come up to the top. Dichsev. The verse says, Ki Hashem orli. When I sit in the darkness, Hashem is my light. So the light comes. That's how Mashiach comes. That's how the Messiah arrives. We sit in, we're sitting in the darkness and the light is slowly arriving. kima kima, says the Medrash. Mashiach comes slowly, slowly, a drop at a time. Then there's a nitznutz, there's a spark. Right? As the sun rises above the horizon, there's a spark. Then the light gets stronger and stronger. It gets bigger and bigger. And it brings that we see this in the story of the Geula with Esther and Mordechai. The Medrash goes into that at length, which we are not going to. Now when we look at this Pasuk, which the Medrash brings is a Pasuk in Micha, when I sit in darkness, God is my light. So, looking at the Pasuk, we see an amazing thing. I'm going to read one Pasuk before, and this is where we see the word, the same word, the Tzaf, Mitzaf Tzafes, which means to float, or to tweet, to be bird-like, and thinking about tweeting, right? I was thinking about it. When you hear the, the sound of a bird's whistle, so it's a very high sound. It floats above the other sounds. It has a high frequency. And as a result, the sound is heard above other things. So it's also an aspect of floating, is in the tzif in the tweeting. But hear this. Hear this, because it's amazing. Posuk says, Vani Bashem, this is right before the Posuk, listen carefully. Vani Bashem and I shall hope to God. I will hope to the God of my salvation. It's speaking about, this is the verses in Micha, chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, speaking about our desire for Mashiach. And the, the way that we speak about the desire is Atzapeh. The root of Atzapeh is the same two letters, Tzaf. Tzaf. There's, it's very interesting. What is the concept here? See, peace of Yeshua, that's one of the questions that they ask a person after they die. They come to Shemaim. One of the first questions they ask, did you hope? Were you waiting for? Was it constantly on your mind? Was it floating at the surface of your consciousness? That Sipia, this is something I care about. This is something I'm worried about. This is something I'm thinking about. When is Mashiach going to come? Yishma'ini Lekai says the verse, if I am constantly thinking about Mashiach, if I'm Yeshua, I'm waiting, it's on my mind, it's, it's floating in, on the top of my consciousness. Hashem is going to listen. Do not allow, says the next verse, do not allow my enemies to rejoice over me when I fall, I get up. When I sit in the darkness, Hashem is my light. So that's the verse. 
which refers to the fact that there's a, the Pesach says, Mitzav Tzefes, there's going to be a, a floating up, a rising of the sun, a rising of the lights, because that's the Atzapeh, that's this hope. Hope is rising. Hope rises. Okay, now, another thing, another really a cool thing I was thinking about that I noticed is that these two letters of the root of the word Tzaf, which is a bird, which is a desire, Litzapot, uh, which is a Litzaf to tweet, to, to float, etc. The two letters are Tzadi and Pei. And as we spoke about in a previous podcast not so long ago, these are two of the five letters that you have doubles, right? Manzpach, Mem, Mem Sofis, Nun, Nun Sofis, Tzadi, Tzadi Sofis, Pei, Pei Sofis, and Chaf and Chaf Sofis. And these are the two letters. Pekadati denotes Mashiach ben Yosef and Tzadi Tzadi, Tzemach, Tatzmiach denotes the, the letter of Mashiach, Mashiach ben David. These two letters, Tzadi and Pei, represent the coming of Mashiach, the Geula, the redemption, the final redemption that we're waiting for. How does it come? It's, it, it floats. It floats. Another place you see this, these letters, I was discussing with my son, is the word Matzpun. The word Matzpun means conscience. The person's conscience means inside of a person, means inside of a person, there is darkness. I want to do what's, what I feel like doing. There's a conscience. What is the conscience of a person? It's a sense of what's right. I know what's right. Even when I do what's wrong, there's guilt. I feel guilt. Guilt is good. Guilt is important. It means that I have a conscience which says, I recognize I'm doing something wrong. That's the matzpun. The light of Hashem, the darkness that I'm in, Hashem Orli, there's a light of my conscience which floats to the top of my consciousness. That's also there within this idea. Now let's come back for a moment to the concept of the bris and the concept of the kansipor, the sending away of the mother bird. And we'll see, perhaps we'll start to understand a bit of how this relates to what we've been speaking about. The concept of the bris is on the eighth day. The concept of the number eight always has to do, we have seven, which is teva, seven, which is the natural world, seven, which is the lower seven spheros, and you have the eighth aspect, which is the transcendent aspect. The shmini, the eighth aspect, shamen, shemen, oil floats to the top, as we said. Oil floats to the top, it's tzaf, it floats to the top. The eighth aspect is the transcendent aspect. It's me'alateva. It's above nature. That is represented by the word saf as well. Floating to the top. Right? Mashiach. Why is he called the Messiah? Why is he called Mashiach? Because they pour on him shemen. He's mashuach b'shemen. He's anointed with oil. Which represents the fact that he floats to the top. He's the one who includes all the Klaiso within him. He guides them all to do what's right. That's the power of Mashiach, to draw the Jewish people back to God, to draw the entire world back to God, to the focus, the proper focus. He raises the sun. The sun rises because of Mashiach. The sun rises. The sun is the sun of consciousness. The concept of Mila, on the eighth day, circumcision means, 
we take the animal drive, which is really the creative force. It's one of the most powerful forces in the world. The desire to procreate. The animal, it seems to be an animal, we take it and we lift it up. Interestingly, Hashem is rachamim on the people, Hashem is rachamim on the animals and the birds. We are raising up, we are raising up our animal nature. It's off, it flies, it's tough, it floats up. We are raising it up by dedicating ourselves through the Mila to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to using our capacities, our procreative capacities in the proper way, in the service of God, because it can also be used in the Choshech, but we need the conscience. And the Torah guides our consciousness. It guides our minds. It guides our ability to use it correctly, because it can be used poorly. Look at the Western world. Look how they use the procreative drive in a destructive way, in relationships that are forbidden by the Torah, that are abomination of the Torah, or relationships that are inappropriate, because they're between people who shouldn't be together. The Torah describes and, and guides us, and that's represented by the bris milah, which is done on the eighth day, because it needs to be transcendent. We take the aspect of ourselves, which is the seven, which is natural, and to raise it up to the eighth aspect, which is the supernatural. And the rachamim, that, that mercy of God, has to be in the right way, in the right frame, in the right in the way that God c- commands us, right? Because like, you can have mercy on animals, like, and that can become more important than having mercy on people. You might know this, or you might not know this, but the Germans, the Nazis, were very compassionate to animals. They had very strong uh, laws to protect animals. Hitler himself was an animal lover. But they could kill human beings. Cold-blooded murder. Millions and millions of Jews. Six and a quarter million Jews. If it's not guided with the proper Rachmanus, right? We did mention before, right? There's a there's a compassion Hashem has for the mother bird. Send away the mother bird when you take the children, but make sure you use it in the right way, as be directed based on what the Torah says, because only the Torah defines, only God defines what is called Racham and what's called compassion. If, if the compassion is used wrong, so then you just end up in the wrong place. You end up being cruel to the kind. And being kind to the cruel. A person takes the food and he eats it. He's taking this animal, right? He's taking the baby birds. He's taking it away. There needs to be compassion there. There needs to be compassion there. Because you're allowed to take the animals. We're allowed to use them in order to have the strength. We're allowed to eat animals. We're supposed to incorporate all the elements of reality into our service of God. As long as it's directed properly. There needs to be an aspect of rachamim. Even as we're taking the baby birds, there needs to be an aspect of rachamim on the mother. You can't take away the mother at the same time. Just like you can't take the, you can't slaughter a, a, a parent and a child, so to speak, of an animal, an, an animal and its and its uh, young at the same time. You can't do that. It has to be directed properly. That's the matzpun. That is the the conscience of a person raises up, rises. It comes to the forefront of the person's consciousness. It's tzaf. It comes to the top. I thought it was interesting. Also, Moshe Rabbeinu is called Moshe. He was floating on the water in that little teva, that little uh, boat, call it. Not a boat, a little uh, basket. And 
she draws him out of the water. I mean, she see there there he is, and his wife's name is Tsipora, which also means to float. A bird that floats on the air. Moshe is one who floats on the water. Tsipora's wife is someone who floats. But it's Tafka Tsipora who has that consciousness, who has that eighth aspect, which by the way is Bina. Women are gifted with the extra Bina, the extra intuition. They have that ability. What happens when a person has intuition? And intuition is, is connected to the number eight, to this concept of floating, of, of floating to the top, of transcending. You see a bigger picture. Right? A person who has intuition, they see the big picture. The information is tzaf. You see the big picture. The sun is coming up. Mashiach is arriving. The Geula happens. Right before the Geula happens, it's Tafkut Sipora. It's specifically that Bina, that intuition of someone named Sipora, whose Tzaf rises above, who's able to see we need the Mila. We need the proper direction. Before we can have Geula, before we can go down there and be the redeemers of the Jewish people, we need this. We need the Tzadi and the Pei. We need the floating. We need the Matzpun. We need the tzipisa, we need the desire, we need the conscience. And we need that, I really want this. I want Mashiach so much. I want Mashiach so much. I want the Messiah to arrive so much. I want to see God revealed in the world. And that consciousness to be revealed, that sun to rise. I think that we perhaps explained a bit of the connections here between this concept of bris and the kansipur an idea of the tzaf, of floating. I want to bless you and, I, and ask you to bless me. Shem should help us to be able to indeed hear the voice of our consciousness, of our conscience, in our consciousness. It should float up. When we're in the darkness, we should be able to have that light of Hashem. When we're facing whatever challenges it might be, proper direction of our eating abilities, of our procreation abilities, Whatever it is, when we're sitting in the darkness, Hashem should be that light for us, guiding us and using them the proper way. And Hashem should help us that we should be zeicher to see the tzif the mitzav is the sun rising of the geula, of that redemption which is so close. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.